Hello. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing today? I am a Wusi Raglan, known as Wu Rag, and I'm so happy that you are joining us today. So thank you so very much for your time. Today, we have with us Dr. Kirst. She is a psychiatrist, and she has overcame abuse. And she's here to share with you her story and how she overcame and now what she's doing to serve the world. So thank you, and let's welcome Dr. Kirst. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to have you, and thank you for joining us. So how are you today? Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm glad to be here and ready to get this story out so that I hope that I can help someone who uh, may be contemplating things that I've contemplated in the past or maybe going through the same thing that I went through and see themselves in my story and can um, figure out a way to get out of that story. Because at some point we have to change chapters, move on, rewrite the story, whatever the case may be, but we got to get out of that abuse. Yes. So tell us about your childhood. How was your childhood? My childhood actually was really good. Um, I had great parents. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't my parents or um, anyone close to my family's fault that I had um, initially been abused when I was younger. Um, I actually had my first set of abuse, which was um, molestation at the age of nine um, while attending um, a big organization summer camp. I won't necessarily name the organization, Um, (laughs) but um, it was very traumatizing as a nine-year-old and confusing um, to be touched in intimate ways when you didn't know what those things meant. Um, And as as the abuse kind of went on and threats were made. If I told, if I shared with anyone, you know, you just become scared that your family really could be hurt. And so you really kind of keep it to yourself. Um, What I think is interesting, though, now that I'm a psychiatrist, and I can analyze myself and analyze other people. What I think is interesting is the fact that at the age of nine, when the abuse finally stopped, I was saddened. And that well, that's probably the most confusing part. That's probably the part people don't understand and, you know, wonder why, oh, why didn't she leave when they're talking about older women who were being abused or why didn't he leave or why didn't, you know, this person do that or that person do something else. It's because at some point you relate to your abuser. And even though you know it's wrong, you know that these things should not be happening at some point, this becomes a part of your day-to-day life. And at that point, that's what was a part of my day-to-day life. I knew what was going to happen when I got to the pool every day. And when it didn't happen, it seemed to have saddened me for a minute until I realized that I don't think that's supposed to happen to you. (laughs) So um, I'm here to tell people that it's okay that, you know, you feel like you can relate to your abuser. Um, They actually sometimes call it Stockholm syndrome. When you kind of relate to your abuser, you want to be with your abuser and it gets so into your head that you don't want to leave. I didn't necessarily didn't want to leave. I just was sad at the fact that he had moved on to someone else. And so maybe my sadness wasn't so much about me. Maybe the sadness was really about the fact that some other little girl that I couldn't help was being abused because I was not in a position to help her because I was nine years old. Um, So that's, that's the basis of that particular story. Yeah, that's hard. That's for, to me, that's hard to even know that people experience that feeling because I know for Mm -hmm. a fact that if that happens to a little girl or a boy, that they don't want that, that that's abuse. It hurts them and it's something that a lot of them they don't want that um I have never that way but in your case it is a little strange that you did want to that person again but then again uh, women that are abused do usually stay with their abuser like you were saying yeah 
Yeah, you stay you stay with your abuser. Well, you you tolerate it. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty simple. Just like I said, it is you almost tolerate it. Um, you tell yourself that it's it's you. You start blaming yourself. Um, you start believing that your abuser wouldn't do those things to you if you were better at whatever it is that they are asking you to do. Those weren't the things in my case, because I was nine years old, there's nothing a nine-year-old can do better. Um, But in an older woman's case, it can be that, oh, you know, maybe I do need to cook a little bit more often. Maybe I did put too much detergent in his clothes this time. For a man, it may be, you know, you know, maybe I did didn't iron his shirt the way that he likes his shirt to be ironed. Whatever the case may be, you start blaming yourself and then you start believing that if you change the things that you're doing or to change the things that your partner is telling you to do, that you can get out of the abuse or somehow lessen the abuse. So as a child, you felt that way? Yeah, you felt that way of missing that. How did that Say it one more time. I'm sorry. Did you overcome that? Because nobody knew. Well, right. No one knew. And then up until today, <laughs> no one really knew. Um, so wow. I believe for me that I overcame it just over time. Um, summer camp ended and you just kind of go on with your life. And that person was, you know, removed from my day to day activities therefore it no longer was in front of me but I've always had nightmares and flashbacks and kind of hypervigilant about um, that experience and it becomes one of those things where you begin to blame yourself when you think about it when you know when you have those flashbacks and you have those nightmares you have those intrusive recurrent thoughts and you're thinking did I do this myself? Um, and then you you get to a point where I don't know if this is the part that I don't know, if you almost put another target on your on your forehead because you become instantly um, available for more abuse. Um, it is well known that anyone that has undergone any type of abuse, usually becomes abused again. And that was the same thing in my case. Um, it happened later on when I was 13. And, you know, the same kind of thing where, again, there, it should not have been any abuse. Um, this was a little different. This was more of a, a targeted, um, almost hatred, I would say, where um, someone just chose to sexually abuse me. Um, rape me in, in, you know, um, in full disclosure. And you're just like, how does that happen to you again when you don't put yourself in these positions? But again, it's, it's almost like you become a target. And I don't know, you know, I've, I've tried to research to see if it's certain pheromones that you, you put off. Is it that, you know, you, you, you look a certain way. It's none of that. You can't blame yourself. It's just things that happen. Bad things happen to good people. But what I always like to share with my patients is you can get over this. We can get you through this. Uh, We can get rid of those nightmares. We can get rid of those intrusive thoughts. We can get rid of the self-hate that you have. Um, Luckily for me, um, I was able to kind of channel all of that energy into reading and to becoming a doctor. I made made that decision very, very early on that I was going to become a doctor. And I just kind of channeled that energy into that. And I think that's the way that I got through it all. So what would you like to share for the ones that are going through that? Believe in yourself. When you have that doubt, that something isn't right, believe yourself. Something isn't right. Um, sometimes I think we we like to cause a lot of self-doubt. Um, again, we those of us that have suffered with low self-esteem or maybe have an avoidant personality like I do, um, we tend to not 
want certain attention and when you start to get a little bit of attention you're like oh okay well I didn't know I can get that type of attention and that (laughs) but then you think in the back of your mind this isn't right but you continue to kind of go along with it and then when that negativity comes you have no way out of it because you've kind of talked yourself into it so what I say to women and men you don't have to be in that place, that, that area, that negativity, that, that, that place where you feel small and hidden, where you feel like a child, because that's the place that you get to when you're abused, especially a sexual assault. It makes you feel like you're a small child, defenseless child, whose mother and father could not help them, could not protect them. And you can't even tell these people. So my, my advice to you is one, get yourself a therapist, okay? And two, you may have to consider medications. You may have to consider, you know, going on an antidepressant or using an anxiolytic or using some other natural um, remedy to try to get rid of some of the symptoms you have because you can't go around being, you know, hypervigilant and hyperstartled and you can't go around having anxiety where you become crippled, you know, crippled with your anxiety, you can't work, your depression is so bad. There's just so many things that can happen. So I just say, find your your strength, but know that you can't do it alone. Right. That was a lot of information. So definitely you recommend getting help with medical. And when this happens, what are the signs? How can you tell if a child may be going through something that they're not telling their parent or guardian well children what they do when they are sexually especially sexually abused or abused children what they do is they act out in that way um you may see them take their toys and all of a sudden now they're having their toys lay um you know horizontal or vertical and the toys are kissing they're rubbing on each other they may be marking up their genitals. Um, they may become angry and irritable. Um, I remember one time I was just learning how to, I guess, move my hips. And I was dancing and I like danced a certain way. And my mother was like, little girls don't dance like that. And I stopped dancing. And to this day, I won't dance <laughs> because I thought, that she would find out because it was going on at that time right wow and that still to this day i won't get up and dance you can get pull me out on the dance floor to save your life so that's something <laughs> you can work on doctor <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that, I, I, everybody's a work in progress everyone is absolutely but taking that first step is magnificent it is a huge step what what would you like to share with the, the audience today about moving on or coming out? You have to be ready. No one can make you do it. Um, people will tell you not to do it. Um, I had a very close family member recently tell me, oh, why did you mention something about seeing a psychiatrist or seeing a therapist? Well, because everyone should see at least a therapist and psychiatry. If you're depressed, you should see a psychiatrist because you might need to be on medications. Um, But that particular person would not be happy to hear this interview right now. So what about if they don't don't want the medication? But they want if they don't want if they don't want the medication, that's what therapy is for. And that's what I tell my patients. I'm not here to to make you take anything. I personally don't want you to take anything. So if you don't want medications, cool. Let me just tell you about them. Let me explain to you why the medications are there, because I think that people have a misconception of medications. And usually after I explain what the medications are for, what the medications actually do to the brain 
and why I, you know, am recommending the medications, usually most people will go ahead and try them out at the very least. But at the, at the minimum, you have to get a therapist. You have to get a therapist. And the, the one thing I want everyone to hear right now, if you didn't hear anything else I said, please hear me when I say you must have a good relationship with your therapist. If you do not vibe with your therapist, if you are not on the same, same mind track, if you feel uncomfortable with your therapist, if you're not talking to your therapist, if you're not constantly moving your lips while you're in therapy, you have the wrong therapist and you need to seek someone else. So that's my biggest thing. Just seek, seek a therapist that you have a good therapeutic relationship with. Um, and I think that for me, for my patients, they just like the fact that I, I'm, they say I'm chill and I'm laid back and I'm easy to talk to because I just, I mean, I'm human. I, I don't give a damn. Just, just tell me what's going on with you. But you've had to also experience this firsthand. Yes. So you can relate. Yes, but I don't share that with the, I don't share that with my patients just because with the the American Psychiatric Association, you're supposed to limit your personal information. So I, I don't necessarily share that with my patients, but I do tell them I understand more than what they think. Oh, right. And if I feel like... You don't have to share that, but yeah. you automatically know because you have yes. that. No, yes. no, no. <laughs> and, and sometimes I might tell a patient, I might say, you know, the reason I can relate to what you're saying is, is I may know someone very close to me that has experienced what you've experienced. And they'll look at me and they'll go, you sure, Doc? And I'm like, trust me. I, <laughs> yeah, trust me. <laughs> and they usually, I think they get it then and, and they, they realize, you know, we can't have that conversation, but know that I am, I'm, I've been where you are. And I'm here to help put my hand out and pull you and help you to try to get better. Right. And how has this experience impacted your life? Well, it's, it's, it's made me the doctor that I am. Um, it also um, helped me choose my specialty. I wanted to choose the specialty, um, two things I wanted to do. I wanted to one, choose a specialty that um, our people don't usually get to see us in. That was number one. And <laughs> number two, I wanted to choose a specialty where I could help young women and men who have been through what I've been through. And what better way to do that than as a psychiatrist? There was, there was no other specialty I could do that unless I did OBGYN or if I did infectious disease or right. something like that. But everyone fears psychiatry. And I want Black people to understand men, women, um, young girls, young boys, whatever, whoever, whatever you are, even if you're non-gender, you're fluid, it doesn't matter what you think you are. We are all human. We all need help. We cannot go through these things alone. It is not your fault. Please find someone to help you. Find someone who's not going to judge you. Find someone who's going to Put that energy and that time in investing in your survival, because that's all this is. Everyday life is just survival. So make sure that you have someone in your corner. And that's what I always tell my patients at the end of the sessions. Like, don't forget, I'm right here for you. If this is, you're not in this alone. So don't ever say that to anybody because you're not alone. You got me right here. And I love it when my patients, they randomly text me at four o'clock in the morning with their <laughs> issues um, because they do realize, and that's when I realize our therapeutic bonds are actually pretty tight because if you're comfortable texting me at four o'clock in the morning, just to say X, Y, and Z happened, or you feeling stressed out about this, then I realize that you trust me. And that is when we really can get down to some, some really good therapy. Yes, you're living out your dreams. You're living out your gifts. That's how you're. you're, you're yeah, I kind of feel like this is what God put me on this planet for. Um, you know, when you go through the things that I've gone through, and it's so much more than I actually said. Well, um, but when you go through, would you like to share? That's what I was going to ask you next. Which story would you like to share with the audience about some 
abuse that you've dealt with and overcame? Or how oh, well, I mean, like I, like, like I said, it, you, know, it, you become a target. Going through this, you know, women and men, they're in little, little kids are facing this, you know, uh, what do you, what story would you like to share? Um, it, 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 it continues. Um, you know, again, it is, it's almost like, ever. how did it affect your adulthood? I have problems connecting with, um, mates, excuse me. Um, I have very, very little trust in the mates that I do um, try to choose. And when I do trust them and I, I may share the story with them and they, I've had mates, uh, I've had a mate that used it against me. Right. I've had a mate that freaked out and never spoke to me again. Um, so you learn to hide even more. Um, and that's another reason why I keep, I, I know, and I keep saying this, but you gotta get a therapist. You gotta get someone in your corner because no one's going to be, no one, you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know how people are going to react to what you have to say, because, you know, they try to make it seem like you're almost damaged goods. We are not damaged goods, ladies and gentlemen, we are not. If anything, we are, we are God's precious gifts that come out when the pressure is so, so deep and strong and you come out and you look like that diamond, you look like that pearl, because all of those things are made from pressure. Precious gems are made from pressure. They're not made, they're not just out there in the world. They're made under pressure. So don't think that you're some some type of damaged good that has to just take what you what you're thrown or take what someone says to you. You don't have to. And that's that's yeah, that's <laughs> Yes, that's that's what that is. If you you went through hard times and you come out on top and you are a diamond, absolutely. Anyone that's been gone through tra- traumatic experiences and made it out to be very successful in life and helping others, that's a success. Yeah. Most women and men do not make it out of that at all. No. no. No, we have, um, and I think statistically, the L- the LGBTQI community, um, they have the hardest time getting out because no one believes them. Nobody wants to hear their stories. And I'm here to tell you, if you live in Georgia, I will listen to your story, okay? I am here for you. I know of great organizations that will listen to your stories. You do not have to go through this alone. Um, and it, it brings tears to my eyes because um, I know that there are so many people out there struggling and they can't get help or they think that they can't get help. And there are some people who, who cannot receive help. It will be too dangerous for them to receive help. And it just breaks my heart that these you know young women, young men, young boys, girls, whatever, they... they they can't get out of it and it 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 really does break my heart and I wish I can help everyone and obviously I can't do that but it's terrible I mean it's it's just like in in sexual abuse is horrific and some women don't even know that they've been sexually abused um, and I like to give an example of um, in some African cultures where they still do the um, genital muti- uh, mutilation. That is a form of sexual abuse. And a lot of women don't realize that, that, that they've been abused. They literally remove the clitoris so that women can't have any sexual enjoyment. And then they are married off to their, to their men. Why? And that... I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't Why? know. That is just so cruel. How do they feel? It that is very cruel. They feel that that's normal because they've been mm-hmm. taught that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that is a form of sexual abuse. And a lot of women do not know that. And so they grow up 
never actually fulfilling the one release that most women love that that sexual tension that build up and then having that orgasm they will never be able to experience that and that to me is the ultimate abuse and that is something that you know I myself can say that I have trouble um experiencing because of the abuse you you just you don't want to so it's 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 not just it'll you'll overcome that yeah, it'll, 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 it'll one course. day. <laughs> of, course, of course, yes. Hey, we're going one day at a time. We're working through One things. day. We're, one we're, day. We're always going to work through things in life, no matter where you are, who you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, however. You're going to be going through yeah. some stuff. Life is tough. Life is hard. It, there's nothing easy about life. But making decisions mm-hmm. and having a good, strong mindset having goals and knowing that you can overcome those the difficulties in life that's where it's at it's because we all have a story and most don't get to share their story you know sometimes we might be ended over this topic what we're talking about today so yes it's it's going on all over the world People are without jobs in different countries here, even here in America, as we all know, and they're selling their babies. They're selling them off so that they could have a place to stay and food to eat. But see, this is talked about here and so far. It's here and there, maybe in between, because people don't want to touch on this topic. But it's something that you talked about because you can save people's lives, literally. Okay, literally, yeah, okay, and you're right, people don't want to talk about it, and that's because people don't want to talk about hard things. We like to talk about things that are easy, things that are funny, things that are uplifting. <laughs> we don't want to talk about anything that makes us sad, something that that you might not understand. Um, like I said, that's one of the reasons why I chose psychiatry is because people don't understand it, they're afraid of it, so people don't want to talk about things they're afraid of, um, but like you said you can get through it one day at a time. Just one day. All you need is one day. Living testimonies. I've never been abused that way ever, but I've had my fair share of addictions and overcame them because life has been tough. You know, things happen and you have to pick yourself up out of that dark place, that dark hole, that place where you say, oh my God, help me. Am I going to ever make it out of this? Well, I'm here to tell you Doctors here to tell you, you will make it out of it, but you must be able and willing to do the things because you have the will, but you must be willing to really give in and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do with my life from here on out. I, I can't let my circumstance of, of circumstances of what has happened in my past or in my current situation, you must know that you can change. It takes work. Yeah to work on your mind yes. body and your soul each and every day it's not easy living in yeah. life. and the sad mm-hmm. part about it is that it's abuse is never going to end because it is a vicious cycle i believe that it's never yeah. going to end but i know that if you can help as many people as you can and do the work that i'm definitely doing that the doc that dr pierce is doing if you do work and help reach back and help people Yes, we'll get there some kind of way in our own way. We'll get there, right? Do you agree? Absolutely. I do. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. We'll get there. Um, it, it's one day at a time, one, one conversation at a time, one mentor at a time, one um, <laughs> just just anything. It can be anything, but it's one at a time. And you just have to be patient with yourself and believe in yourself and continue telling yourself that you are better than this. You are stronger than this. And one day you will break free of it. You will. Absolutely. Life is a fight. You just, it doesn't through the struggles through everything, through all of the things that we may face in this life, because we know definitely that we're not going to make it out of here alive. And so much that we face on a day-to-day basis and the things that we hear, the things that 
we're touched by every each and every day. You have you have to be mentally strong to live this in this life. You just have to, and things are just going to occur in one's life. But you have choices. The thing that I don't the thing that's sad is when the kids are getting abused. I, I it's really sad because look at what happened to you at your age. You were young. Yeah. Okay, and that that that's not it's just not. But to come, and then it's true that when you experience that at a young age throughout your life, it seems to follow. That seems to follow you. Yes, like I said, it's like having a target on your back. Um, and and it is it's sad to say that, but it's true. Yeah, and a lot of women, but like you said, it's not. But a lot of women, male women and men probably doesn't make it out of that mentally okay no and a lot of men and men specifically um don't don't handle it very well because they really can't tell anyone um the stigma against a man coming out and saying hey when I was you know nine years old my whoever molested me and no straight man gonna say that (laughs) that's hard for them to do and so they have even an extra layer of, of um, hesitancy about getting help. And, and that is even more of a struggle for them because they, they have to question like, you know, did I become aroused? Does that make me gay? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You 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 can't handle. You can't force your body not to do what it naturally is going to do. Those are nerves in your body. So let me tell you, even women, if if you had an orgasm during a sexual assault, it doesn't mean that you liked it. Right. It meant that your body, your body, your nerves, everything is functioning properly. That's, that's, that's all it is. Your body is functioning properly. You, there was no defect. So don't blame yourself for being aroused by an assault. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. And it doesn't mean that you wanted it or you tried to encourage it or you, you, you now for, for, you know, for some men and some women, now, oh, am I, you know, trying to like men or women or, or the other sex? No, it doesn't mean that. That's a good topic you touched on right now. Because that's, I didn't know, they really questioned. I know that they question that. But the way that you talked about that, that was deep. Because getting aroused during that time would make you say, well, what's wrong with me? Why did that, why did I'm happy that you talked about that. And that's where you come in as a psychiatrist to speak about it and to not only speak to them about what's happened with them, but to also make sure that they're okay. Yeah. With the, the, Absolutely. That they may need to get on because Absolutely. it causes different things and it could also it could also cause different personality disorders, correct? Yes, it can. Absolutely can cause antisocial personality disorder, conduct disorder in children, um, can lead to um, paranoid personality disorder. It can lead to all kinds of personality disorders. There's personality disorders that people have never heard of. (laughs) And these things happen and you become susceptible to these personality disorders due to the traumatic experiences that you had because your brain is trying to protect you. One thing I like to tell patients is those patients that have psychosis and hear voices and they're like, well, you know, I always kind of hear somebody whispering my name or I see my grandmother sitting at the end of my bed. That's your brain trying to protect you. <laughs> it's funny, but it, it, it's true. It's your brain trying to protect you. I know. No, I know. Because, no, I I feel things sometimes, but I'm like, it's not that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) 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 I see my grandmother's 
Right. Yeah. That's kind of serious, right? I mean, I've <laughs> yes. never seen dad's transition, but I've never said that one. Like, I I didn't do that one, but I People do. But I do. But no, you know, I do feel, I, I do feel a spirit. And it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, I don't, hopefully I wouldn't be crazy because of that, correct? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not that you are or not that a person is. Right. It's your brain trying to protect you. <laughs> well, I guess my brain always trying to protect me. But <laughs> yeah, no, you know, that's, this has been a very, interesting topic tonight with you because this is real this is really going on and it seems it's getting worse it's not getting any better it is getting worse it actually um they i'm I'm pretty sure that they're going to be coming out with journals um in the near future that are going to show that the pandemic had an increased rise in sexual assaults um, in the home because people weren't able to go out. So it is getting worse. And I said in the home, no, in the home. And that's even worse. Well, where else is these things, where are, where else are these things taking place? It never one takes place at home, correct? Um, for some, for some, it takes place at home. But like I said, I was at the uh, a big organization's summer camp well Mm -hmm. you know i hear a lot of those i've heard a lot of those things going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes i mean it can be on on your way home from school a neighbor snatches you up it can be anything it can be anywhere yes it could be but it definitely is going on at home it is definitely going on at home or when you go over to someone's house, you know, someone your parents trust yes. um, to let you stay at someone's house. And, yes. and you'll, you can't, can't trust people all the time. This is the thing. And I, I just want to touch on this. It happens a lot in the homes where women are letting different men come in, in and out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happens with the family. Yeah. It happens with the family members. It happens mm-hmm. with the neighbor. It happens yeah. a lot, but and it, it is. You're right. Little boys. I mean, it's happening. This stuff is really happening, and then people wonder why. Well, why the kids are growing up this way? It's because you're not paying attention. Yeah, you're not paying attention, and you don't believe them. That's something that just that always stumps me. When I hear these stories of these types of things happening in the homes and the children go to their mothers or go to their father and say, hey, X, Y, and Z happened. And they tell them either, A, you, you must have wanted it. You must have tried to turn that person on to you. You're trying to take my man or woman and, you know, blame the child. What? <laughs> this is really happening. <laughs> You are fine. This is really. I, I, I'll tell you right now. On the, when it comes to this topic, <laughs> or the addictions, that it goes down. You know, because yeah. it's something that you just can't hold back. You know, because it's a you, you can't talking about, and it and most people they won't they they they'll deny it. Yeah, yeah, they'll deny it, and they'll. They'll act like it doesn't happen. Um, you know, there's, excuse me, I, I wrote an article recently where I put in the article that even back in the day when your great, 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 great grandfather was being molested, your great, 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 great grandmother told him, Shh, you don't say that master didn't, don't, don't say what master said. Don't say what master did to you. We can't do that. This has been going on for years. This stuff isn't new. Like you said, it's never going to end. The point is that for those that are going through it, can you get out of it? And for those of you that have been through it, don't put your child through it. I'm a single mother. Ain't no man going to be coming in my door. And I wish I wish a man would. I wish he would. I will be housed happily in prison. He just keep on walking. 
you know, because that just you better. Won't, you know, it just won't. And you're right. A lot of the women that I can, I only, I've only speaking on, I'm only speaking on the women just because I know of the, the stories. And it's true that the mothers will not listen to their daughter or the daughter's friend in competition over and your mm-hmm. husband could be doing something to your daughter's friend and and it's yeah. not even want to address that or say no it's a lie keep her away or whatever mm-hmm. so it's it's a situation that a lot of people do try to brush under the rug but see you're trying to brush it under the rug while it's affecting and taking other people's lives that are your children yes so it's yes. really, it's serious Even with, with abuse. We're talking sexually and physically because these are the things that oh, are. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it seems absolutely. like the, abuse with the physical abuse with the kids, they're not making it out of here alive. They are not making it out of here alive. And I don't know what kind of power these adults have right now that they are able to beat these children but with 47 50 50 bones broken in their little bodies and they're running around the house like that for months can you just imagine mm-hmm. your little body your bones are breaking and then you have to on top of your bones be break you got to take another beat when you wake up again you got to take another beat when you wake up again and you got to go to school and act like you're not in pain you got to go to school and act like that mark is something else. And you got to go to school and are acting like they don't see it. If they're reporting it, the kids are right back in school again. This are, these are stories that are real. This is a real podcast. This is a, this real, is a real problem. Mm-hmm. How do we solve this? Right. So why that's why you have to come out. Right. And you have to yeah. get help. When you're an adult, especially when you're an adult, if you can't deal with these things that you're having, these mental breakdowns, Mm -hmm. seek help. You have to please seek help. There's so much help out there, so much help out there now than it was when we were younger. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's so many programs that you can now get into so that you can get your child out so that you can, even if you're a child, if you're a child and you just so happen to flip to this channel today, guess what? And you need to get out. There's a way for you to get out. Even without your parents, there's a way for you to get out. You don't have to suffer through that. What's the way that they can get out? Well, they can call the crisis line, the crisis line. And you know what? I meant to actually have the crisis line ready for, for our conversation and I apologize that I don't have it ready. No, it's I'm okay. getting ready to give it to you. I know that's right. We we're gonna get ready for it. We're gonna get ready to give you the crisis night line, the crisis hotline telephone number, ladies and gentlemen. Is it yes we are. It's actually a national crisis, um national crisis line. Mm-hmm. Any age I'm sorry. Any age. Any age. Here we go. It is 1-800-273-8255. And you just tell them people you need help. And it literally says, I typed it right in, crisis line. And it says, help is available. Speak with someone today. Can you repeat that telephone number slower one more time, please? one 800 273 8255. And that's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, but it is a hotline for anything because it's for mental health, not just suicide. It says suicide, but it's for mental health. And they'll send somebody right out to you. And I think that's the best part about it. Yes. That is the best part about it. I really like that. And mm-hmm. if you hear that telephone number you're on here, you didn't catch it, rewind it back, take it back a little bit, and please reach mm-hmm. out. 
what is your what is your advice on that with reaching out letting letting someone know my advice is to do it there there, there is no other advice just just do it even if you're scared even if you say you know what i'm gonna try this one time and if this one time doesn't work i'm never gonna try again okay just try the one time just try to make that call the one time and get yourself some help. Don't don't wait around and 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 not feel that you can't get help because of what's going on with you. And that's with any abuse. And let me let me just say that there's not just physical and sexual abuse. What I ask my patients when I ask them about traumatic experiences, I ask about physical, sexual, emotional, financial. <laughs> that's a big one that's a big one that is a huge one and it's one that people don't talk about at all <laughs> women are starting to talk about it they are that they've been financially abused in their relationships yes what mm-hmm. else are those all uh, those, those are the, those are the main five ones mm-hmm. any other thing wouldn't really fall under abuse um although with substances, if you've if you've been given substances as a minor, that is a form of abuse as well. Um, you'll be surprised how many times people will tell me that the first time they had cocaine was at five years old. Really? Oh, I am surprised. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you were <laughs> twelve. I was like, well, I'm familiar with that one, but five? No, no, no. Five. I've I've detoxed kids as young the, the youngest kid i've had to detox off of um benzodiazepines oh. stuff like valium and um and um now i'm drawing a blank xanax and ativan was seven he was so <laughs> that person was so young that the hospital didn't even want to take responsibility for that but we had to because that person walked into our emergency room Seven years old, hooked on benzos was just. Oh, yes, I've had I've had eleven year olds tell me that they enjoy the pinch that they get when they when they go to shoot themselves up with heroin. So it you know it's it, that's that's a form of abuse if someone gave you those drugs when you were younger. Not yes. Mm-hmm. I, I work for the school district here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been with the district here, school district here for over 20-something years. And I've heard stories of girls getting that from the mother's boyfriend, husband that they married. Mm-hmm. And that is just so sad. It breaks my heart because that child when they start that young like that do you know how hard it is to get off that's yeah. all so at five years old just imagine you basically you've taken that child's life why and so the devil there's no way for that child to get off there's no way a child's brain can develop normally when they've been influenced with substances that young there's no way there's no way and so these are real live monsters that are in the world, real live devils and that are mm-hmm. the boogeyman that, that these are the terms. This is what, this is what this is because this is Satan. And so because of that, ladies and gentlemen, you must be very careful who you let be around your children. And I, mm-hmm. and most importantly, I feel that if before you have children, you must know that that's what you want. It should be a mistake. And if it is, you do the best that you can. I mean, the very best to protect your baby and your child and talk to them, speak with them about these things while they're young. So if this ever were to occur, you would know right off, right away. Mm-hmm. It's a secret. Mm-hmm. It would be something that you have to carry around, that baby has to carry around with them. Because you're talking, yeah. educating your children. Don't let the streets do it. You do it. So make sure mm-hmm. that you are capable of taking care of your baby if you're abusing the baby if you're doing something to harm your baby please give the baby to someone that will take care of the baby or the child so that that person can have a life yeah 
you you brought up something you brought up something I, I wanted to say um because it's not an easy conversation to have with your child about sexual abuse and you don't necessarily have to go into so much detail that you make your child older than what they are but I my my child's school counselor came up with what I thought was a unique way to talk to the children about abuse and it might not even be you know their thing it might be a national thing they said that no one should touch you where your swimsuit touches you right and so that includes shoulders it it, it includes your shoulders and nobody should be rubbing on your shoulders the wrong you know if somebody rubs on your shoulders and it makes you uncomfortable tell somebody no one should be touching your private areas your stomach your butt anything your legs and I thought that was very unique how they how they said that to the kids because it gave the kids a perspective like okay I didn't I didn't I didn't know that I didn't I didn't I never thought about that that's well, a very unique way up. to tell a child I'm happy you brought that up because I thought that that would be the only way to tell your child that properly <laughs> so if someone were to tell a child something a whole different way oh god no definitely hear that. okay <laughs> I thought that, that was, I thought that that was how you're supposed to do it. But if someone did that, please, <laughs> this is the podcast for you. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard conversation. And people, like you said, they do the best that they can. Well, doing the best is doing the, how we just said that there. And I, I thought that that would be common sense. But we do know that people don't have that. And we know that people's minds aren't safe. You know, that they, they make bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad choices and decisions when it comes to other people in their yeah. life. They take advantage. Mm-hmm. And not only as children, but as adults too. You know, as adults, people can take advantage of you. So. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, we have, and we see that all the time that people think or that it happens that you get certain positions if you do certain sexual favors and you know you have your your boss abusing you physically grabbing you up and you have whips on your or whelps on your arms and you don't understand why it's because he's beating his wife he's beating you he's beating everybody it's just like you said it's a vicious cycle that's not going to end but it doesn't mean that you as an individual have to stay in that cycle you can come out and float on the outside and look in this is come on out here we all we out here waiting to help you just come out here right because sadness and abuse is not pretty it's just not it's you have to go through things in life but you, what you do not have to go through is getting abused or being a victim or somebody's punching bag or making your babies feel scared or you or your family or whomever no one has to live yeah. in fear just know that you have but a lot of women and men get in themselves in situations where they become very vulnerable. Vulnerable? You know? <laughs> I just messed that up. And, <laughs> and they feel very, they're scared. They're not, they're, they're scared to come out. And you don't need to be scared to come out. Just don't mm-hmm. need. You have a right to live. Yeah. I've seen women get abused. And they don't leave. They mm-hmm. can't. They're stuck. And that's sad. And what do you, you know? I've been there. Right. And and these are things that happened that I experienced. I saw women when I was a young woman living on my own, seeing other women going through abuse. And at that age, I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to tell them at that time. It was like, just leave. But they were stuck. But if it would to yeah. me, I would help, I would really give numbers. I would help them get to a safe location. Mm-hmm. It's shocking when you hear something like that. But it's mm-hmm. normal to people. I don't know if it's normal, but I know that like some people become, like you said earlier, it's I was, what I'm going to say is what you said earlier. You kind of looked for it. And some people yeah. get immune and accustomed to, to being that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got another black eye. Oh, well, I'll go on camera. I'll talk to everybody. I guess this is the way. I guess I'm different from it. Yeah. 
I guess I'm just the one that gets it. And it's like, why are you on here looking like this again that this is normal? Mm-hmm. This stuff, this world is real. It's crazy. It is. It is. So tell us what is your information so that people can reach out to you if they need to. Okay. Well, number one, I am a psychiatrist in Georgia and um, I do telemedicine so I can reach any person in Georgia. And all you need to do is go to my website, which is www.alignedcognition.com. You can call my office, which is 470-785-9433. That can receive text messages as well. If you're afraid to actually talk, you can text and my staff will get you to the right people. Um, You can reach out to me on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. I am Aligned Cognition. Um, this is just the name of the, the practice and you know don't be afraid we in Georgia we, we we got we got one person and I know several if I can't help you I will direct you into I will direct you to a person who can I never ever leave a person on any of my phones my emails my text messages anything just kind of hanging I always give a referral when I can't be the one to help so so please reach out to her. Would you like to tell them about your books? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I have a book that I just released um, actually just a couple of weeks ago. And it, it's almost just like what we're talking about right now. It's trying to recognize what mental illness is in different people. And for you to realize that you're not the only one that's having the thoughts that you're having. And at the end of, let's say, a, a, a small segment where I talk in the th- almost the third person, I give a coping skill or a um, or an activity for you to do. Um, it's a very colorful book, very lively book. Um, and uh, if you would like to get it, you can get it on Amazon. And it's called "To Whom It May Concern: A Thoughts from a, I'm Sorry Thoughts from a Fair." <laughs> I can't talk now. Yeah. <laughs> it's called "To Whom yeah. It May Concern." thoughts from a psychiatrist (laughs) but it's under my name jasmine kiris um md dr jasmine kiris and it does come up and um i would appreciate if if anybody feels that their story needs to be told in that way let me know and i i have no problem telling the story i have no no problem telling a story for somebody to get the information out there and to get the proper um help that people need Oh, I love it. Now tell us a little bit about your practice. Do you take insurance? Do they have to pay out of pocket? How does this work? So it is, I do not take insurance. And let me tell you why I don't take insurance. I don't take insurance because insurance tries to dictate the way the treatment goes. And I don't want your treatment to be dictated. The only people that should be telling you what your treatment should be should be me and you. So it is it is out of pocket, but I do provide sliding skills for some um, for some patients who really need help um, but can't afford the regular rates. Uh, and that's usually because there are a lot of patients who can afford the regular rates. And so as long as there's a balance, I can continue to do that type of work. I do have patients that are pro bono. Um, I, as I said before, it is telemedicine. So I can reach anyone in the state of Georgia. Usually what typically happens is the very first interview with me lasts about 45 minutes to an hour. And after that, we sit down, we come to an agreement of what I think your diagnosis is. We talk about what your options are, whether I think that's medications or not, whether or not I think therapy will help you, whether or not I think you need more testing. I tell you about labs that I think that you should get done. And once all of that is done, we come up with a plan. So it's, it's something, it's, it's a collaborative effort between me and my patients. And then if they have other providers that need to be involved, then those providers are also contacted to make sure that we're all on one page. All right. That sounds nice. I like that. 
All right. So there you go. Would you want to add, would you like to add anything else or share anything else before we wrap it up? No, I think, I think I just want everybody, like I said, if you, if you don't hear anything else, get yourself a therapist, please. I didn't say a psychiatrist. I'm a psychiatrist and I'm promoting you to get a whole nother profession. Get a therapist. We all need a therapist. My favorite line, I have it on a t-shirt. It states that the only difference between you and the person you perceive as being quote unquote normal is coping skills. That's it. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it from Dr. Kears and we are going to sign off. And I want to thank you so much for your time and tell you that you will get through this. Just keep working on yourself each and every day and know what it is that you need so that you can get the help that you deserve, so that you can live the life that you would like to have for you and yourself and your family. But most importantly, if you're not okay mentally or physically, then what else is there? So thank you for joining us. My name is Mawusi Ragland, known as Rag. Be sure to follow me, and I will talk to you soon. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye-bye.